Hi everyone and welcome to Games Are Fun, the video game podcast where I, your host Luke, talk about video game news, stories, and highlights. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me. Uh, For those of you new to the show, although I'm sure a majority of you tune in every week, if you're a newcomer around here, welcome. It's great to have you. Games Are Fun is a weekly podcast that airs every Tuesday. You can listen to it on all the major podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, etc. Just search for Games Are Fun. And each week I basically compile my favorite news stories from the past week and share my thoughts around them. And when I'm not doing that, I'm basically talking about video games, what games I've been playing, what games I've been looking forward to, uh, giving small reviews on games, that kind of stuff. So if you enjoy video games, you've come to the right place. Uh, Games Are Fun is a very chill podcast. Uh, It's generally just myself. Basically, I started it as a way to just kind of share my thoughts on what's going on in the industry. I don't have a lot of real-world friends who keep up to date on... they, They play video games and everything like that, but they're not as... In, in tune with what's going on in uh, in the world of video games, not just uh, the games themselves, but the people who make them, companies that make them, etc., etc. So I just thought it, the podcast is a great outlet to kind of just share my thoughts about that, and uh, you can listen along with me. Uh, if you have any thoughts along the show, you can reach me at the email address, gamesarefunpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, write in whatever you... If you have thoughts about something on the show or if there's something that you want me to talk about, if you have any questions, that's a great place where you can ask them. Um, Before we start off, though, uh, just a quick reminder that the show airs every Tuesday. Uh, If you need to know anything about what's going on on the podcast, your best bet is to head over to the social media account. So you can head over to Facebook, uh, just search for Games Are Fun. Uh, at Twitter is is the easiest way to get updates on the show, and that is at Games Are Fun Pod, and then my Instagram page, which I haven't been super active on lately, but uh, that's at Games Are Fun Podcast. I should, I want the Twitter handle at Games Are Fun Podcast, um, but it's not available, or I can't. I, for some reason, I couldn't do it. I can't remember. So. Games are fun. Pod is the best uh, that I could do on Twitter, but I want to make everything universal. So it's just, hey, this is the tag. You can find it on all the major social media platforms. But uh, so what are we talking about today? Let's get to that. So uh, the couple different things I want to talk about. The biggest is talking about Death Stranding. So Hideo Kojima was at San Diego Comic-Con and revealed a trailer uh, talking about a character, Heartman. Um, I'm going to go more into detail of the person playing Hartman and who he is and his background. And basically the trailer kind of explains who Hartman is and what his role kind of is in the Death Stranding universe, I guess. Actually, that's not really so much explained, but you'll you'll understand when I talk about the characters. So that's going to be the first thing I'm going to talk about. Secondly, I'm going to be talking about Android uh, operating system working on Nintendo Switch consoles. So there's an, uh, that's been kind of flowing around in the news and uh, there's a great write-up on Kotaku about that. And then lastly, uh, for news, I'm going to be talking about Yakuza 7 is, is making its way. Um, Yakuza 6 released, I want to say, was it 2018 or 2017? And then we got Judgment this year, which is kind of like a sequel to Yakuza. It's set in the same universe, just following a different storyline. Um, listeners of the show know that I'm a huge Yakuza fan, so whenever I get the chance to talk about Yakuza on the show, I'm definitely going to do it. So, yeah, and now it's it's so funny. I talk about Yakuza so much that I, I was wondering if I actually have talked about this story before. This one's more recent, but the, some, sometimes these rumors are 
things uh, like something could start off as a rumor and I'll talk about it on the show and then like months down the line it's made official by the company or whatever and then I'll start talking about it again and I'm like wait did I already kind of talk about it and generally it's kind of the same information that we already talked about um, because maybe that rumor was super dead on and getting everything right so anyways we're going to be talking about that we'll we'll see if uh, I, I don't think I, I read it and I don't think I've talked about it on the show. Uh, and then I'm going to end off with just a small segment and just kind of look back at some of the games that I have beat so far this year. We're finishing off July. We're going into the latter half of the later half of the year. And uh, yeah, it, I'm, I wanted to look back at some of the games that I've beat and completed and possibly talk about where my game that was a big bang. I don't know if that picked up on camera. Um, that's either thunder or a garbage truck picking up a dumpster. That's going to be my bet on that. Uh, yeah, I'm going to talk about what my game of the year could possibly so far what I played. And then, yeah, that's, that's going to be it. Um, one other piece of housekeeping before we get into all that stuff. Um, I have been really increasing my writing over on KingGamer.com. I've been trying to uh, do a lot of news articles on there. That's kind of the easiest thing for me at this moment. I've just been so freaking busy that uh, it's been really difficult. Um, so anytime you see a King Gamer post uh, shared on my Facebook page, go give it a read because chances are it's probably wrote by myself. And then... Um, I'm also writing for another website now called Tech Post. Um, I did my first article for that. That you can find a link to on my Facebook page. I was basically talking about the transition of physical media to digital media in the video game industry. I found it kind of interesting that video games are one of the last big industries that are still having that we're still in that transition period where a lot of the audience base for video games still is going to the stores and buying, you know, physical copies of games and stuff. Um, that's definitely increased on how many people are buying digital, especially with consoles like Nintendo Switch. Uh, PC's been basically all digital for a long time, but we're now at that point where I think more people are, are doing that. So I kind of talk about some reasons why people have stuck to physical media um, and then kind of maybe talk about the the rebuttals to those those arguments that those people are making and how the industry is kind of basically adapted and changed in a way to kind of resolve those problems, right? So for example, a lot of people put up the argument that uh, they can save a little bit money buying physical, either by buying games and then trading them in at like GameStop or whatever and getting credit to buy new games. That's one way of saving money. And then... Other people will argue that there's more chance that you can find discounted games and clearance bins at retail stores and stuff. And then some people will argue, well, digital stores always have, you know, uh, like basically sales going on all the time or you can pick up games for like massive discounts, like up to 75% off of the original price. But the thing with that is a sale will run for a week. And then on the eighth day, it's back up to $80 or $60 or whatever the game price is. Um, and so some people are like, you know, clearance bins, it's just basically until, uh, you know, limited quantities la last, right? So um, once they're gone, they're gone, because they got to make room for more physical video games to come and get on the shelf. So uh, yeah, I kind of talk about that and how like the industry has started 
embracing that subscription model, like things like Game Pass or PlayStation Now, um, to basically, or even games with gold on PlayStation Plus for 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 argument's sake, where you basically pay and you'll get free games every month um, and access like Game Pass itself has access to hundreds of games. And so for, you know, even if you round up and how much you pay for that service a year, it's you're still getting way, way more games for what you're paying. So yeah, it's kind of, I just, it was a, it's a really interesting article. I'm, I, I'll just leave it at that. I think you should go give it a read. Uh, actually, I'll even throw it into the show notes of this episode so you can just find it real easy. Um, so yeah, with that being said, let's kind of talk about some of the things I wanted to talk about today. And the first thing is, is Death Stranding. So uh, this is come coming from Chloe Rad over at IGN.com. Um, so Death Stranding character Hartman detailed in Hideo Kojima panel and new trailer. So um, there's like an original story and then there's an update to it. And that is basically that the update just released that trailer that showed out San Diego Comic-Con um, talking about the Hartman character speaking with Norman Reedus uh, character Sam and explains this how his metal, strange medical condition blah 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 I'm going to explain that in the article so you can actually watch it yourself you can just basically search for Death Stranding on YouTube or whatever and you should be able to find it so here's the original story so Hideo Kojima and Nicholas Winding Refn I believe uh, who's from think he directed or wrote or produced uh, the movie Drive and Too Old to Die Young, took the stage at Comic-Con 2019 to talk Death Stranding, storytelling, and more. Among the antidotes shared was some new information on Refn's character Hartman, first revealed in Death Stranding release date trailer, which debuted during PlayStation's pre-E3 2019 State of Play presentation. According to Kojima, Hartman has a unique heart, which stops every 21 minutes. He is hooked up to an AED and occupies himself with music and film that can be consumed with, within that 21-minute window. When he dies, he spends three minutes on the other side searching for his family before being resurrected. Hartman dies 60 times a day. During the panel, Kojima also discussed how he reached out to work with Refn because he was a fan favorite of movies Valhalla Rising and Drive in particular, but also because he wanted to meet Mads Mikkelsen, who stars in Valhalla Rising, and will also play a major role as the character of Cliff in Death Stranding. According to Kojima, when he mentioned his interest in casting Mikkelsen in Death Stranding, Refn actually recommended Keanu Reeves for the role instead. That would have been a threesome. Uh, he joked. While Reeves is not playing a role in Death Stranding that we know of, he will play a role in Cyberpunk 2077 as revealed during the Xbox briefing at E3 2019. Um, and then more recently, we got cover art, or sorry, before this all happened, we got cover art for the box art, uh, the regular edition, as well as the steelbook edition. It's basically Norman Reedus. Uh, they look really awesome. I'm, I'm highly considering picking up the, the steelbook version because it looks really dope in my opinion. Uh, so this is really interesting. The idea of having a character that dies, you know, every 21 minutes and then he's dead for three minutes. And uh, in that three minute time, like he's trying to find his family and kind of, <coughs> oh, excuse me, uh, trying to figure out what the, you know, um, what, where his family is and everything like that. And uh, basically researching that the other side of when he dies and, and that basically environment that he's in. And so 
yeah, in this trailer, he's kind of explaining this to Sam and stuff like that. And so it's probably more more at a point in the game where you're trying to you're trying to make that transition of using the other side or going to the other side of death to because when you die you don't really die in death stranding as i've kind of explained before it's it's really tricky because it's hard to explain this game and everyone has these kinds of theories of what it could be i don't think i fully have an idea on what death stranding is but clearly concepts like this um, just speak to what this game is going to be. It's going to be very meta in certain ways. There's going to be lots of symbolism or metaphors, I'm sure, because that's kind of what Kojima does. Um, and he's also, you know, I will say that he is known for having uh, some of his stories and games kind of convoluted and confusing by adding too many too many layers to it and stuff. And so I hope that doesn't really happen in Death Stranding. But from the get-go, people have kind of been confused about what it all means. And so I think going into that, not really having a, a perfect understanding of the game kind of set you up and you can kind of adapt for that kind of experience. So um, yeah, I just like Death Stranding, it's coming out in November. So it's only like three months away. And uh, I can't wait to can, I, I have a feeling that we're going to continue to maybe get some more detailed character trailers and up until the release we might get some gameplay um, at like a some sort of PlayStation state of play or even just maybe a trailer posted on YouTube or whatever um, but yeah we're only three months away so I think we're going to be finding more and more out of of the game it's hard to say it's crazy that we're three months out and we still haven't seen a whole lot compared to other games that that are at this this time this point in the timeline but yeah it's it's interesting um so i just wanted to share that piece of news over death stranding because i'm quite excited for that game moving on though uh this is from luke plunkett over at kotaku.com android is now unofficially on nintendo switch and it looks great so back in 2018 an exploit was found in the nintendo switch that would allow users to run outside code while that's of course led to some piracy it's also let modders and coders have some fun with the console up to and including getting Android running on the system with all the features and tricks that brings along with it. As this video from XDAD, X, X, XDA developers, I guess is the best way to say that, shows by running Android off an SD card, you don't actually install it on the system itself. You can transform your Switch from a Nintendo games console to a multimedia and internet device that will also play a ton of older games via emulation. Joy-Cons work natively, which is cool, but even cooler is the way the system seamlessly docking doesn't just work for Nintendo titles, but will also work for Netflix as well. Running the dock, running it in the dock on your TV and then instantly resuming on the Switch's screen when you pick it up. Now for the drawbacks. There's obviously no GPS, mic, or camera, so a lot of the Android apps won't work properly, and there are also a few bugs. This is just the very first release version. Like Joy-Con, thumbsticks not working in Dolphin, screen rotation being weird, and some battery life issues. Um, so very quick article, but the reason why I wanted to talk about it this is because I just thought this was interesting because it, you know, we always hear about like Android, well, the Android operating system is, you know, open, open source in the sense that you can kind of go in and and look at everything as where iOS is, there's lots of barriers to get in there. You gotta basically hack into your system or jailbreak it or whatever to do that. Whereas Android, it's much easier to mod and, and also open up this operating system on different devices. 
um, basically anything that is a computer, right? It's one of the most universal, I think, operating systems that can is, is the most like accessible in terms of putting it on different devices and stuff. So yeah, I remember like a while back, there was someone talking about how they were able to get Android, but it was all hook up, hooked up to a computer and everything. And so this is crazy that basically it's now on an SD drive, you just put it in and you can access all these features. Um, personally, I would never risk that. I mean, I haven't had a smartphone that's Android. I have a computer, like I have so many other devices that I can do these things on. So why would I risk, you know, harming my switch in any sort of way? Because, uh, you know, like this is this is very new. Um, there's still lots of bugs as the article reported. So, you know, if you're interested in doing something like this, I would do as much research as you can before kind of pulling the trigger on it. But uh, nonetheless, it's quite cool. Um, I remember back in the day, like jailbreaking. Again, this is I. I, I shouldn't admit this, but I did jailbreak one of my cell phones. I'm trying to remember how long ago that was. It was an iPhone, and um, it was cool. I never really like used it to. Uh, it was more of just like customizing my phone and stuff like that. Getting. Um, you know, new wallpapers and stuff. Cause you're back in the day, you're really restricted on that kind of stuff with the iPhone. Like all iPhones generally look the same. And so I always liked the customization aspect that Android users could use. And so I did that with the phone. Um, but yeah, I couldn't even imagine like having that kind of thing on my Nintendo switch, right? Like having a completely different operating system, bringing it up, having it look like a tablet. Uh, I didn't watch the video myself. I just read the article, but it'd be interesting to see if the, they talk about the Joy-Cons working, but I wonder if the touchscreen, I'm assuming it would, but if it just works as like a tablet, right? Because the Switch has that touchscreen. I wonder if you can go through that. It's kind of pointless though, because a lot of those apps do require microphones and cameras and stuff. So you have to if they don't detect those and stuff, the app's just not going to work. And because there's so many apps out there that need that, you know, you're kind of hooped. But it's kind of cool. I guess it's the one way of watching Netflix on your Switch right now. But again, I just don't understand why people would go to that. I think it's more of, a, of just because we can, you know what I mean? Like, it's not necessarily needs a needs to be on there and stuff or is, there's a an audience that needs to have this but it's just because why not right we can we can do that let's do it so very interesting um moving on this is from segmentnext.com amar rizwan sega to unveil yakuza 7 next month in japan so according to an official confirmation from sega japan the company will be unveiling yakuza 7 in the famous yakuza series next month during a press conference which is going to be held at the udx theater in akahabara oh, I, I suck at japanese akahabara japan sure the yakuza uh, by the way i should just warn I, there's going to be even more that I butcher up, so just be prepared. This is sex. Uh, sorry, where am I here? The Yakuza game series is in an action-adventure beat-em-up video game franchise created, owned, and published by Sega. It consisted of eight main games as well as eight spin-offs for multiple platforms. As reported by Every Eye, Yakuza 7 will be starring Ichiban Kasuga, the protagonist from Shinru Ga Gotoku, uh, and onward, Kasuga will be accompanied by Eri Kamataki, 
Ever since its debut in 2015, the franchise has become well-known due to it being a commercial and critical success. Back in 2017, Sega had reported that the Yakuza franchise has sold a combined total of 10.5 million units, consisting both in physical and digital sales since its initial launch. The success was so strong that the sales of the Yakuza games in the Japanese market expanded to other media such as several film adaptations of the games. The Yakuza games are set in the fictionalized version of the real-life Kabagicho district in Tokyo. We also see a multitude of other areas such as such as throughout the series. Characters visit other areas of Japan such as Osaka in Yakuza 2 and Okinawa in Yakuza 3. Um, and then it just kind of talks about more places you can visit. Um, man, there's a lot of words in here I cannot pronounce. Uh, basically, the setting of Yakuza 7 hasn't been confirmed yet, but it's likely we will learn about it next month. Yakuza 7, another sequel in the franchise, will no doubt be highly beneficial for Sega from a sales perspective. Fans will flock to stores just to get their hands on a new game. Sega will officially be unveiling Yakuza 7 on August 29th, so that's pretty crazy. Um, and it's supposed to have a release date towards March 2020 in Japan for PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 4 Pro. So, what I'm hoping from this is, yeah, we we kind of just expected a Yakuza game. I was I was actually thinking it wouldn't be called Yakuza Seven because Kiru, who's the main character you play in the Yakuza series, his story kind of ends at Yakuza Six. Now I don't I know that because like I haven't even played it, so that's not really a spoiler. That's kind of made very clear in the game's marketing and everything that that's kind of the final game in his series. And so I kind of thought they would do a spin-off series, maybe by a different title. I thought this Judgment game was going to be their new kind of anchor, but they're still sticking with Yakuza. I'm assuming that it's going to have ties into Judgment, maybe um, have some references, maybe some of the same characters in the game, which would be really neat. What I'm more anticipating is uh, remasters or remakes of the Yakuza 3 through 5, because as of right now in the West, you can only, so Yakuza 1 and 2 came out for the PlayStation 2. Yakuza 3, 4, and 5 came out on the PlayStation 3. Now, the thing with it is, is Yakuza 3 did not release digitally. So you can only play that game in the West if you have a physical copy, from my understanding. And then Yakuza 4 and 5 both released digitally and physically. But again, I don't have a PlayStation 3, so even if I had a PlayStation 3, I'd probably try and get my hands on 3, 4, and 5. Uh, if you have PlayStation Now, you can play the PS3 versions on your PS4 uh, using PlayStation Now for Yakuza 4 and 5. And then Yakuza 6 came out for the PlayStation 4. So right now, you can play... Then, sorry, Yakuza 0 came out on PS3 and PS4. And then Yakuza Kiwami, which is a remake of the first one, is available for PS4. And Yakuza Kiwami 2 is available for PS4. So right now... In the West, you can play Yakuza 0, Yakuza 1, Yakuza 2, and then Yakuza 6. So 3, 4, and 5 are currently not playable, and they have remasters for 3 in Japan already released. Um, and so all they need to do is localize it for the West, and my I, my hope, I'm crossing my fingers as a big fan of this series, is I would love for them to announce this new game and then also announce when... 3, 4, and 5 are going to be coming out to the West. Um, because for 
Yakuza for some reason didn't have a lot of do really well in the West. It did really well in Japan. Like the article talks about how many copies it sold and how it's a kind of a successful franchise, but it's also a series that hasn't really it's taken a different route here in the West. It didn't do like blockbuster sales and kind of started dying out. And so some of like a lot of the spin-off games and stuff were only released in Japan. And we have like because this is just the Yakuza series. There's like other ones where like uh, you're kind of similar characters, but you're in like feudal Japan. Um, and then there's a couple other like sp- series set in the same universe that uh, again just didn't release in the West. So eventually it started picking up. And now I would say Yakuza Zero, which was a prequel to the entire series, released, and that's when the fan base like really started picking it up. Once the games were made on the PS4 generation it started doing really well and that's why they brought those those versions to that the west and so i would really really hope that we're getting it sometime soon yakuza kiwami 2 was released last year and the year before that was kiwami the first one and so i think if they like at this point like it was released in august so we had actually known when it was coming by this point last year uh so i'm kind of a little bit worried that like what's going on like when are we going to get yakuza 3 in the west but hopefully this uh this announcement when they when they talk about yakuza 7 they bring up some other stuff as well that'd be really great so who knows i may just have to eventually one day pick up a playstation 3 and play yakuza games um but again if i i've said this on the show before but in case this is the first time you've heard me talk about yakuza i highly recommend it to anyone i think it's a great series to pick up um of course you need a playstation 4 for it and uh, if you're looking at where to kind of start in the series just start at zero some people say start at one because then you can kind of play through them and then start with zero but like honestly the remasters like kiwami and kiwami 2 have kind of like been they've changed some scenes or or done a couple different things that reference things from yakuza zero and so it, there's like certain characters you meet in yakuza zero or sorry that you meet in the first game that yakuza zero like explains their backstory and how they came to be and everything like that so start with yakuza zero and then you can play kiwami kiwami 2 and the games are really inexpensive like all of them i believe are the on playstation hits titles which means they're like 20 bucks um, and so when they go on sale, like I think I've seen like Yakuza, Kiwami or Zero on sale for as little as like 10 bucks before. So really you have no excuse. It's basically like Japanese Grand Theft Auto. That's the best way to explain it. Um, it's m- way more in depth than that. Um, there's lots of extra little things to it. You're not just some bad criminal running around in an open world Japan game. Uh, there's lots of layers to the series. So yeah, uh, that's my, my tangent on Yakuza games, but I'm really just whenever I see that they're continuing support for the series and making new announcements on that, I just, I get pumped and excited for it. So, so that's the three things I, the main things I wanted to talk about today. And now let's transition into another topic. I talked about talking about what games I've played so far this year and what my game of the year so far is. And so a lot of the games that I have beat so far this year, I've talked about on the show, but what I wanted to do, where is it here? I wanted to bring up all the games I've completed this year. Oh, crap. I have to log into this thing. Give me one sec. I have an app that I use to kind of keep track of all my game progress. And so 
course. Oh my gosh. Give me one sec here. Yeah, basically there's this website called How Long to Beat. And what you can do is link to recover your account. Sorry, I'm doing this on the fly. I don't want to stop the recording. Um, you can deal with it. Uh, basically, this website, howlongtobeat.com, is a great resource you can go to. You can basically search for any game and it will show you how many, like, how many games or how long it takes to beat a certain game and stuff. So like users can go in there and put their own information and basically, oh, what's going on here? Okay, here we go. Um, they can put in how long it took them to beat the game and then you can kind of get an estimate of how long a game is gonna take you um, for just like a simple playthrough or like completing it 100%, that kind of stuff. So here's a list of games that I've beat so far this year. So starting off the year, Resident Evil 2 Remake. Um, I beat Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee. Now that released last year, but I finally completed it, I think like January this year. Uh, what Remains of Edith Finch, Overcooked, Kona, Katana Zero, Everybody's Gone to the Rapture, Donut County, Celeste, and Ape Out. So, so obviously some of these games are not games that have released this year, but more so like late last year or mid last year. Um, I think Ape Out, I can't remember when Donut County released. Katana Zero, and I think that's it for like new games this year. And then Resident Evil, obviously. But as you can see, like I haven't beat a ton of games this year. Um, I've started a lot of games like Days Gone took a big chunk of time. Uh, I play a lot of that game. I've been playing through a lot of smaller games on the Switch that I just need to kind of finish up and wrap up. And a lot of them, I don't have a lot of time left in them. But uh, yeah, a couple of the games that or are high on my list this year is definitely Ape Out. So that is from uh, published by Devolver Digital. It's kind of like a top-down perspective game. The art style is very cool. It's just there's no real like details in it. Uh, it's all just kind of like I like to like describe it as if you like took construction paper and like cut out shapes of people and environments and use that. That's my best way of describing it. But basically, Ape Out is a game where I think you have like you can get hit two to three times and the third time you die and you have to restart. And so it's very similar, has similar vibes to like Hotline Miami in, in that you can grab people and use them as body shields. Uh, but yeah, you basically escape um, and you you go ape and you kill people that are trying to shoot you. Uh, so there's like different kind of enemies. There's some with like flamethrowers, there's some with grenades and some with like machine guns and stuff like that. And so, yeah, the game isn't, all that difficult it gives a, enough of a challenge i just played on the normal mode and then obviously near the end of the game it, it picks it up quite a bit i remember dying quite often what's really cool because when you die it zooms out and it will show what the map looks like because you're looking from a top-down perspective you don't know how long you have to keep moving to the right or the left or up or down in order to to get to the finish line of the level. And so sometimes when you die and it zooms out, you're like, holy crap, I still have a lot to go. Um, and so, yeah, you can kind of use some like techniques of like trying to sneak through the early part of the level and not be detected by enemies. So you don't have to deal with combat and you can kind of just make your way to the finish line. Or sometimes you just go in like raging, running gun and just try to kill as many people as you can. 
Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed Ape Out. It uh, was really fun. If I were to rate it, I would give it out of 10. Let's see. I would probably give it like an 8.5 out of 10. Or a couple things. I had a couple gripes with it. Um, but overall, it's a really, really fun game. And then uh, this is my... So... Uh, Overcooked was something that obviously didn't release this year, but I wanted to talk about. This game was a game that I played a bunch with Megan last year, and we got to pretty much almost the last level because we were trying to three-star every single level, and then we just kind of stopped. And that was when it was on Xbox Game Pass. And then eventually it left Game Pass, and I didn't really want to buy it again. But then it became free on PlayStation Plus, but that means we had to start all over from the beginning. So we... We're like, you know what, we can do this, and we we beat it, which was incredible. So um, I enjoyed that. Uh, what else is on here? I mean, Celeste was a hard game. It came out last year, but I finally beat it this year. It took a lot longer than I expected. Um, yeah, I think the one I want to finish off talking about is Katana Zero, and that's honestly been my game of the year so far. As you remember, I did a review for it. Um, earlier this year when it came out and Katana Zero is just an incredible game you basically play this like samurai and you're an assassin and you're tasked with kind of killing going into and you have like a basically a target that you need to take out and you go into these stages that are kind of range for anything from like a nightclub to like an abandoned movie set that kind of stuff and it's one hit one kill um so if you hit your enemy with your sword they're dead but if they shoot you and you get hit with a bullet you're done and so it kind of has this really neo-noir cool setting like cyberpunk-esque type of world and so the environment itself is something that i find really interesting but also it kind of has this ending where you kind of it's open for interpretation i guess i don't want to talk about it and spoil it um uh, but it it has this ending that kind of makes you think back to what does it all mean? What It's open for the interpretation, right? Some people can have different thoughts on what everything means, but it's a phenomenal game. It's so fun to play. The environments are great. I gave it like, I think out of 10, I gave it like a 9.8 or something like that, or 9.5. Like it was super high because I really didn't have too many um issues with it i didn't find it to be too difficult i mean the game said that it would take about five hours to complete in total and that's pretty much what i did i, I got stuck on a couple different sections but it was a nice steady pace game uh it's currently available just on the nintendo switch but it's also available on pc and i have to say like it's just phenomenal like this game in no no doubt i think will will be nominated for some indie game of the year and stuff like that and majority of the game was developed by one person obviously i think he had other people brought in to help do certain things but the game was developed by just him uh, i don't know his name but um yeah developer is ascii soft and then obviously published by devolver digital like Devol devolver digital i don't know what it is but they've just been having a lot of luck lately with some really awesome indie games like ape out and katana zero and then of course like you think back to games like hotline miami i mean that's my style of game right now anything that devolver has been publishing is kind of up my alley so yeah i really really like katana zero um but yeah that that's it's been interesting i feel like compared to last year i kind of i like to look back at each of my years and 
and compare of what gaming's been like. And every year is a great year for gaming, but I'm not one of those gamers that will play exclusively like new releases and then I'll play that until the next new release comes out. For me, there's certain titles that I'm like gonna buy on day one. Like last year I got Red Dead Redemption on the first day. I got Super Smash Brothers on the first day. Um there's certain games that I am Spider-Man was another game, I guess. Um, there's certain games that are basically games that I'm going to buy on the first day and play as much as I can of them because I've been anticipating them so much. And then there's other games that I really want to play, but I don't necessarily want to go out and dish out a bunch of money and pay for them. Or if I'm taking them out from the library, you know, it could, it could be a while. And so a lot of the times that means that I'm playing games, you know, from last year, or the year before that I missed. Um, and that's totally okay. Like you don't need to play everything new and current. I think it's okay to go back. Uh, it's really hard for me though, because I'm trying to do a podcast and stay relevant and do reviews. And I think that's been one of the biggest obstacles is just trying to stay current in what I'm playing. But there's so many things like, for example, like two weeks ago, I bought Mario Kart 8 Deluxe for my Nintendo Switch. I've had my Switch for this fall will be two years. And yeah, because I didn't, I bought it like the winter, fall, winter, the year it came out. So yeah, it'd be about two years and I still hadn't got that game. And that's one of the best games on the console, but it just goes to show like you only have so much time as an adult and like I have a full-time job, I have other responsibilities and gaming is generally the last priority on my list. It's my favorite pastime, but sometimes it has to be excused. And so I wish I could continue, like I could have, I had the time to play all these brand new games and stuff like that. But um, I mean, I'm totally okay with it. I'm, I'm, if I wait for certain games, generally I'm saving a little bit of money because they've gone on sale or something and if they don't lose their value or, or their fun, the fun factor is still there. And yeah, so it, 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 it's something that I battle with a lot. And now reading some of the games I've beat this year, I thought I was doing okay. But then when I look at them, like some of these are older games, but that's all right. Um, a couple games that I need to finish up this year is I do want to go back and finish Days Gone. I was almost near the end, but I just had to take a break from it. And then, um, what else do... I've almost done Cadence of Hyrule. That was a game that... Basically, there's four main bosses before like the final boss. And I'm just... I either just beat the fourth final boss or I'm about to... I saved it relatively close to entering the final boss. I can't remember. But I'm almost done that game. That game's been really fun. And what else? I think that's about it. I, Yeah, I don't really have too much on the horizon. Um, some things I'm looking forward to in September, obviously, is Link's Awakening. That's going to be a game that I buy the first day. Borderlands 3. Borderlands is a series I never could get into. I've tried. I think I might try and go back. I have all the other games, but I've never played them. Um... And a lot of those games I've just picked up from being free over the years. And so I doubt at this point I'm going to be able to, to play them all and get to a point where I can pick up Borderlands 3. But come October, November, those are that's going to be a time where I'm going to hopefully try and buy more games. I'm, I'm even going to maybe consider taking a couple extra days off from work to play Death Stranding because it's going to be such a big game. And I want to do a solid review on it and give my impressions and, and maybe stream it and that kind of stuff. Um... But yeah, that Luigi's Mansion, I'm looking forward to. I know me and Andrew, who's been on the show before, 
want to do a live stream of that game over on Twitch. Um, Modern Warfare, Call of Duty, that's a game I really want to pick up. I know Coleman's picking that up, and I want to play that game with him. And then you got Pokemon in November. So it's just like there's lots of games that are coming up, but that's that's just how it usually goes. <laughs> you There's things to play throughout the year, but then the fall hits and everything comes out at once and you're trying to keep up. But at any rate, I'm, I'm, I think I'm, I'm proud of the games that I've been able to complete this year. I would have liked to complete more, but I'm just going to keep trucking along and uh, maybe one day if I ever can make this some like a full-time gig or something uh then maybe i'll have time to to put more into getting the new releases but speaking of that uh we'll end off the show if you enjoyed the show i, I want to say this for for the ending um rather than asking for money at the beginning but i yeah this show is done completely out of my own pocket i do it um i have Basically, it's it's a side project. It's not something that I can devote 100% of my time to because I have a full-time job, like I said. But there are ways that can really help improve the show, and that's through some donations. So you can head over to my Anchor page, and actually there's a link in the show notes that can send you there. And you can choose from a monthly sub- subscription, I guess. You can pay me a dollar a month, $5 a month, $10 a month. And basically all you're the money and donations that you guys put towards the show is just going to go right back into the show. I'm going to use that funds to buy some new recording equipment. Some some one thing that I want to do is increase the production quality of the show. I want to get a sound isolation barrier to kind of so you don't I'm sure you've even heard it on this episode. So I, you don't hear those bumps of the microphone and stuff like that. I want to get a shock mount and just make the production a little bit better. Use uh, new programming to mix the the podcast and also maybe get an additional microphone so that I can have people come over and record it and make better um, podcasts out of it. And then, yeah, little odds and ends. Like I love to pay to, to get a custom theme song for the show rather than just using royalty-free music or something like that. These are all little things that would really help me you know, take the show to the next level. Of course, donations are completely voluntary. They're not required. Um, if you don't want to vol- like donate, that is completely fine. I understand. Um, you can still enjoy the podcast for free every single week. But to end off the show, if you could do me a big, huge favor, this goes such a long way, is if you've listened to the whole episode, could you please rate the podcast on iTunes if you're listening to it on that. Just leave a review of whatever you want. Um, Any review that you do, that increases the chances of the podcast uh, getting a little bit more eyes on it. Um, So make sure you review. And then, of course, if you enjoy the show, subscribe to it on whatever platform you're listening to it on. If you're on Spotify or if you're on Google Podcasts, hit that subscribe button so that you are alerted on future episodes and stuff like that. Sometimes I'm late it's not always on Tuesdays. Sometimes it's on Wednesdays or Thursdays or whatever. I try to do it at least every week. And if you subscribe that way, you won't miss a show. So everyone who's already done that, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. But if you, if any of you who haven't could take that extra time to do that, I would be so appreciative. Um, so that's going to end off the show this week. Uh, it's been it's been a busy time. I the summer's been really busy, way busier than I thought. I was really hoping that the summer was going to be kind of a chance and opportunity for me to be able to do more things. And I don't know why I thought that because every summer you try to pack in as much as you can. Um, 
So I'm kind of looking forward to the fall where I go back back into sort of the routine of everything and everything kind of is leveled out. Um, there's less, you know, parties or weddings or birthday parties to go to and stuff. Um, I, I think it will just be more more leveled out and I can put more time towards this or streaming over on Twitch. But at any rate, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Games Are Fun. If you like the show, remember you can always write into me, gamesarefunpodcast at gmail.com. And I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your week and we will talk to you guys next Tuesday. See you later.